Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Hello, 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 and welcome to the official. First postseason episode for the Detroit Lions of the Believe in Lions podcast. That's B-L-E-A-V. I'm your host, as always, at Javanaugh87, Jack Kavanaugh, joined, as always, by a man who had a couple off-seasons with the Detroit Lions himself, one of which he was coming off leading the NFL in interceptions. The all-pro safety for the Detroit Lions, it's Glover Quinn. Yes, sir. What's up, man? Not too much. Had a great time out in Utah skiing. Enjoyed my vacation, but I am back, ready to watch some football, and life is good. How about you, my friend? Man, same here, man. Had a good weekend, birthday weekend, turned 37. Shout out to everybody that, you know, told me happy birthdays. Great weekend. Some uh, good relaxation, some good fun, but some good football on, too. It was a great, great weekend to have a birthday kind of sit back relax enjoy your birthday but also enjoy a lot of good football and and so it was a good weekend good time glad to hear that glad to hear that hope you got absolutely spoiled for your birthday if anyone deserves it it is glover quinn (laughs) and you kind of did get spoiled you got three football games on your birthday too i did man and it was awesome it was awesome I, i i was sitting here saying and i'm i mean i can't even remember if it's how this how they've been doing it this may have been i don't know the first year or second year, i can't remember but i like the super wild card weekend like i like the two games on saturday three games on sunday you know i like the monday night game i don't like the schedule because now it's kind of like the 49ers played the absolute first game of the weekend and the cowboys played the absolute last game of the weekend and now those te- two teams are having to play again, and the Cowboys are having to travel again to San Francisco. So I don't really like that seven days of rest, two days less, with the Cowboys getting five-plus travel from Tampa back to Dallas, then Dallas to San Francisco. I don't really like all that, but I guess you can't get everything that you want. I think it was a good weekend of football for the most part. All the games were pretty, pretty good for the most part. So it was a good weekend. Football is back and Bet Online remains your number one source for all your football betting needs this season. You'll find the latest odds, matchup info, player news, and game trends. And as your continued source for all sports wagering info, Bet Online features live betting, free contests, live scores, and giveaways all season long. Always the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports and events like MLB, MMA, tennis, hockey, boxing, and even golf. Head to betonline.ag to join and receive your 100% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure to use promo code BELIEVE to receive your rewards. That's B-L-E-A-V. BetOnline, where the game starts. 
It was. And I was going to ask you about that because some people are complaining. And as a fan, I don't care because I got to watch football on Monday night. But if I was a Dallas Cowboys player, staffer, manager, whatever position with the Dallas Cowboys, I'd feel a little bit slighted because the 49ers, yeah, they have those two extra days of rest. The coaches have two extra days to study up on game film. And I know you're not able to lock in on one opponent. You got to study both, but it's just that little bit of extra that the San Francisco 49ers get after knocking off the Seattle Seahawks. So I'm sure there's lots of unhappy people, but it's the NFL. What are you going to do? They're just going to say, suck it up and go play. Yeah. And I think, you know, that's the fans perspective. I think a lot of times as a player, you know, when you make it to the playoffs, you're, 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 you're kind of, you're in the tournament, right? You're the, the last few guys standing in it. And, and at that point you're basically locked in for, you know, three weeks, right? You're locked in for those first three weeks, and then you get that week. You know, if you make it to the Super Bowl, you kind of get that week off with the with the you know Pro Bowl. You know, that's your preparation week, but you don't have a game that week, right? So you're basically locked in for three weeks. And I think for the Dallas Cowboys, given the history what they've dealt with for the last few years, I think they look at this. I think they will look at this as an extra chip on their shoulder. You know what I'm saying? They 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 gotta go out and you know, overcome a lot of the things that have plagued plagued the Cowboys in the last 25 years when it comes to the playoffs and moving on and getting to the NFC championship and all those different things. And so this is just something for them to feed off of as we're not going to have an easy path. It's never easy when you're trying to get to the top, right? So we're the team that got the most pressure on us because we are the Cowboys. And this is how the NFL does us. We got to go to Tampa, play the Monday night game. Now we got to come back and go to San Francisco. They're going to have less rest, but that just puts the chip on their shoulder and makes them feel more like the underdog. And it could motivate those guys. And it really looked like they were motivated last night. I was saying going into the game, Cowboys are two and a half point favorites. They're a better team. They should dominate the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, but it's the Dallas Cowboys in the playoffs and it's Tom Brady in the playoffs. So anything could happen. And ultimately anything ends up being five touchdowns from Dak four by air, one by land and 66 pass attempts from Tom Brady in what sounded like his final performance, at least with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, if not his final performance in the NFL. Yeah, I think that should be, you know. I know, you know, with a career like that Tom has had, it's very difficult for him right now because when you've won as many Super Bowls and have the the respect that Tom Brady has, you don't want to go out like this, right? That's why Tom should have walked away two years ago when they won. When he went to Tampa and they won that Super Bowl, he should have walked away. Walk away, Tom. You've 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 won a lot. You went to another organization and won again. Walk away because it's not getting much better, right? The chances of you repeating are slim, so it's not getting much better than that, Tom. Go ahead and walk away, but he didn't. He came back, and now this is what we're getting, right? Lack. Lack of performance, 
you know, and all the players, the people that know Tom to be great, they're not seeing that from Tom anymore right now. And that just makes it harder for Tom to walk away because he's such a competitor. He don't want to leave this taste in everybody's mouth. But I don't think it's going to get any better next year, Tom. So right now, you just go ahead and humbly bow out the game and go be the great Tom Brady. But, you know, I don't know if he – like, Tom may not have a life outside of football, man. Like, who knows? I mean, we see all these guys and, you know, we grow to love them as players and this and this and that, but you never know how they really are unless you're in their circle. You know, you don't know how they are off the field. You know, this may be everything that he's ever wanted, and he may not want to do anything else in life but be a football player. I don't know. But I think it's time for Tom to, to take off. But, you know, regardless to the 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 Cowboys, you know, I've said this maybe I think on our podcast, the Cowboys, they're one of those teams that they got the ability to beat anybody. You know, they got a good stout defense. They got a good offense when they're not turning the ball over. They got good runners, Zeke and, and Tony Pollard. They got good wide receivers. If that if 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 Dak is not turning the ball over and he's playing aggressive like he played last night, making good throws, running when he needs to run, understanding and controlling the game, not turning the ball over. They're a tough team to beat. They they can easily, I'm not going to say it would be easy, but they could easily go into San Francisco and win. I mean, I can see that happening. So it's not so far-fetched. Um, that the Cowboys go to San Francisco and win this game. They played a good game last night. And if they can keep that same chip and motivation and, and, and you know, play as the underdog like, they, like they're doing, they can go into San Francisco and get a win. They could. They absolutely could. That's the beauty of the NFL playoffs is anything can happen. We said that we don't know if the Cowboys are going to beat the Buccaneers. They should. But will they just because it's the playoffs and it's these two teams in the playoffs with the 49ers and Seahawks? It looked like the Seahawks were going to beat the 49ers. They were up at halftime, ultimately crumble. And I'm starting to wonder, would the Lions versus the 49ers have been a better game? I'm thinking so. Yeah, I think the Lions would have been way better game than the Seahawks. You know, the Seahawks. I mean, they beat the Lions earlier, so they they got in. But I think at the the way that they were playing at the end of the season, the Lions' offense, defensively, how they were playing, I think uh, I think the Lions would have definitely had a better game, possibly won the game. I yeah. I think I think so, but it's tough. It's tough. That's why you got to take care of business early in the season, so you don't get put in these situations. The one silver lining, though, from the Seahawks making the playoffs is Seahawks fans came out in droves donating to the Detroit Lions and their charity. Nearly $20,000 from several thousand donors, I believe. I saw that. That was actually, that was actually, you know, I was kind of looking at that. And maybe I caught it at the wrong time because I was kind of looking at that. I was like, I was honestly trying to figure out okay, is this like a joke? Is it genuine? Is it kind of like a, you know, I don't want to say slap in the face, but is it kind of like, 
hey, we thank you guys for beating Green Bay so we can go to the playoffs. Like, was it genuine? Like, it was kind of weird to me at first, but then I'm just like, you know what? They're, they're donating to a good cause, and whether it was genuine or not, hey, man, some people will benefit from it. So go to the playoffs I, and enjoy an extra week of, of football. I believe it was genuine only because over the past couple of years, we've seen this trend kind of emerge. And it all started, actually, with the Buffalo Bills when the Cincinnati Bengals beat the Baltimore Ravens to go to the playoffs. Buffalo Bills fans, it was the first time they've been to the playoffs in years, 20 years maybe. And so they all donated $14 to Andy Dalton's charity for beating the Ravens. And then the next year, there was another one similar to that. And it seems every year that last team to sneak into the playoffs is now donating to the cause. So I hope it was genuine. I truly do. And at least either way, it does end up going to a good cause and does help a lot of people. Yeah, I mean, I think that's kind of fun. That's the beauty of sports. It's fun. It's all in good nature. Um because that's that's how it is, right? The Seahawks are, you know, are becoming Lions fans for one night. And the Lions go out and put on the show and this and this and that. Yeah, you're probably not going to convert them from Seahawks fans to Lions fans. But you could catch their attention. And if the Lions are on TV and Seattle's not playing, they may check the Lions out. So you can gain a fan and you know, I think they put on a show on that on that Sunday night, and I'll, I'll, I mean, that was the most viewed. I saw that was like one of the most viewed Sunday night games in a long time or whatever. So it was a lot of people watching it. It's a big game, and and the Lions performed, and so that was that was good. It was, and there's a lot of people that are going to be following the Detroit Lions next year. A lot of people that are going to be watching intently. One interesting thing I noticed, though, the, the Jacksonville Jaguars come from behind victory over the Los Angeles Chargers. The last time the Jaguars lost, they were getting blown out by the Detroit Lions in Detroit. So, you know, just another little playoff wrinkle that we're noticing. Jaguars, biggest playoff come from behind ever, but the Lions are still better. Yep. <laughs> and that just hurts even more because the Lions, I think, would have been – just going off base how the season ended, they would have been going into the playoffs one of the hottest teams in in the playoffs. They just they just would have been going in. Um, and, you know, maybe that's a wrinkle. Maybe that's a wrinkle that the NFL adds to the to the playoffs, you know, for that for like that last spot. You know, you got like the six spots, but that last spot, you know, kind of goes into kind of like and I don't really like the college football playoff system but just kind of like uh analyst pick you know what I'm saying where it's like this team right here you know they're behind this team for as what you gonna call it but at this moment this team is actually hotter than this team this team is like you look at the Ravens yeah the Ravens are limping backwards into the playoffs. They don't have quarterbacks. They don't have like, and I'm and and like I get it. They won those games and they deserve to be in. But when you're the last, if you're going to be the last, you know, seed, and you're limping backwards into the playoffs, you know, would a team that was playing better 
at the end of the season, that's healthier at the end of the season, would they be better to go to the playoffs than the Ravens that's limping in backwards? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, I don't know how you could do that. But I feel like you could always have like that. Hey, these are the teams that deserve to get in. This last one, this is going to be like a pick. Like, a, I don't, I, I don't want to say a fan pick, but just like we're going to pick a team that we feel like deserves to be in based off of how they're playing now. This is the team no one wants to face right now. The Seattle right. Seahawks, they're 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 a fine team, they're a strong team, but nobody wants to face the Detroit Lions. So we're gonna get the Detroit Lions in the playoffs. And it seems like every single year there is a team like that, someone who is hot and they're on a run, and all of a sudden, ah, they just missed the playoffs. But if they'd made it, they would have made some noise. Look, even look at the Giants, when they knocked off Tom Brady that first time, they were the set, the sixth seed because there's only six seeds back then. They snuck in and they win it all. Mm-hmm. Why couldn't That's the what it's about. It? It's about being healthy at the end of the season and playing good football at the end of the season. That's what it's about. You look at the Ravens, they started out good. They, you know, had the quarterback and this and this and that. And they, they, they won a lot of games early in the season. But you look at towards the end of the, of, of the year, they're not healthy. They're not playing good football. And they're backpedaling into the end zone on one leg. Like, that, they don't have a chance in the playoffs to go in and win it. They just don't. They don't have a chance to go and win it. And they knew that. And, you know, Cincinnati had to go and play those guys or had to play those guys again. But I just feel like – and I don't know who would have been that team in the AFC, you know. Was the Patriots wasn't playing good enough to to get that spot? You know, Miami got in. The Jets wasn't playing good enough at the end to to get that spot. So I don't know who it would have been. You know, in the AFC, that would have been like, hey, this team is kind of hot right now. They, you know what I'm saying? The Steelers but is almost the closest thing, the, and they the didn't. Steelers, the Steelers probably would have been that, right? They probably would have been that. Because they, you know, early in the year, they looked awful. They did this, and then T.J. Watt got hurt, and they went struggling. And then all of a sudden, you know, some kind of way, they end up, and Mike Tomlin still hasn't had a losing season. Some kind of way, he finds a way to get back to 8-8 eight and 9-8. Eight and and eight. Like, you know what I'm saying? Yep. They would have been that team that has finally started to click a little bit. They playing with some confidence. Mike Tomlin got a, a playoff pedigree. I don't know if you wanted to play the Steelers at the end of the year. They may have put up a better game for the Cincinnati Bengals than the Baltimore Ravens. 2022 is over. So you're probably thinking fantasy football. That's over. That's done with. Not going to even bother with that until August. Well, thanks to our friends over at playerprofiler.com. That is no longer the case. With playerprofiler.com, the all-in package, if you sign up today, you'll get the Dynasty Deluxe, which gives you everything you need to know to start up your own Dynasty Fantasy Football League, run your fantasy team like an actual franchise. And it also lets you know all these rookies that are coming into the NFL draft. The all-in package, the Dynasty Deluxe with playerprofiler.com, gives you everything you need to know for the 2023 draft. And then after that, 
The world-famous draft kit will be coming out, which gives you everything you need to know for the 2023 NFL season. Gives you all the juicy fantasy information that you could possibly want. And then, when the regular season starts, there's the DFS Dominator, which helps you win some money during the season by knowing who's going to dominate. Sign up today for the all-in package with our friends over at playerprofiler.com and get ahead of the 2023 season for fantasy football, and you'll get the rest of January totally free. Sign up now, playerprofiler.com. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. And they're not on the Lions level of this team is someone you don't want to face at all, but yeah, they... They were in that conversation. They were eliminated at the very last minute because of the Dolphins win. But again, the Dolphins, they gave the Bills everything they have. But these are divisional matchups. So I was warning people ahead of time. Hey, if the Dolphins play the Bills close, don't be surprised because it's hard to beat a team three times in a row. And the Bills did it, but it was close. And for the Bengals, it's a divisional matchup. Yes, the Ravens have stunk lately. But it's a divisional matchup. So when you only win 24 to 17, don't overreact because divisional matchups get weird unless it's the Lions versus Bears where the Lions just own the Bears. Yeah, we own the Bears. (laughs) (laughs) We own the Bears. No question. I did want to ask you about the Baltimore Ravens, though, because it seems like there's a lot of dysfunction and a lot of disagreement between the players. So. Lamar Jackson, he's got the PCL tear. He's got a sprained PCL. And at first it comes out, oh, it's probably a grade one, two to four weeks, he'll be back. And then he's not back in that time. And you start to wonder, okay, well, it's probably not a grade one tear. But these rumors continue, oh, no, Lamar might come back. Lamar might come back. Lamar might come back. And then rumors start to come out, oh, Lamar, he actually has quit on the team. It's not about the injury. It's about the, the contract. He He's quit. So Lamar has to come out himself and say, I I haven't quit. It's a grade two sprain, which is almost a grade three. And for those in the audience that don't know, a grade three PCL strain means it is completely torn and it needs surgery 100%. So Lamar Jackson very well could be getting surgery this offseason on that torn PCL. He might not. He could choose to rehab it. But the entire time, the the work ethic questions about a guy who literally can't play And then you get the talking heads, Michael Vick of all people coming out saying, oh, just put a brace on it. Go out playing with a brace. And so RG3, who mentored Lamar Jackson, has to come out, take a stand and say, no, I'm glad that Lamar Jackson's not coming out right now and playing with a brace because I did it without an ACL, without an LCL. And look what happened to my career. And I know RG3 and Lamar are friends. They were together in Baltimore for a long time. So I have to imagine if he's tweeting it, he's been saying that stuff to Lamar in person. And so just all of this coming together, all of these people who are offering takes on Lamar Jackson's injury, but then adding the quantifier. Well, I actually don't know how injured he is, so I could be wrong. Maybe he can't play. He can't. He's admitted he can't. So it's just this dialogue has been wild to me. 
Yeah, it, it has. And, I, and, 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 you know, and I hate that it's, it has to get to this point. I feel like that's an organizational type of thing. Lamar Jackson, you know, quarterback of that caliber. I mean, if this was Patrick Mahomes, we wouldn't have to do that, right? If this was, you know, different quarterback, we wouldn't have to do that. So why does Lamar Jackson feel like he has to come out and put out a tweet to America to defend himself, right? That's probably because there's dysfunction. The team and Lamar is not on the same page. So the team is putting that uh, out there in a sense, that doubt that, oh, we thought Lamar would be ready, but obviously he's not because the team has all the information. They know whether it's a grade one, two, or three. So if it's a grade three, they know that. So Harbaugh should be able to come out and say, yeah, Lamar has a grade three tear. I don't think he's going to be the, you know, it's going to be a long shot for him to come back out there and play, right? If it's a grade one, then he would be like, yeah, I mean, we he got to, you know, this, but we're going to work through it. We should, hopefully we'll get him back sometime pretty soon. So if it's a grade three and everybody knows that, the Ravens should have been more upfront about the whole situation so that Lamar doesn't feel like he got to come out and defend himself. Because the way it looks is if the team feels a certain way, Lamar went got a second opinion or somebody else told him something, and now he feels like he got to tell the world the doctor's report. As opposed to, it doesn't matter what the world thinks. This is between me and the, the Ravens, and we're all on the same page. They know what is going on. But it don't seem like that's what they have. So there's all types of dysfunction. So between that and, like I said, just him being hurt, not playing, all these different things, they're bagging into the playoffs backwards on one leg, and they shouldn't even in, even been in there. Should have put Pittsburgh in there. It's just so funny when – for years, we hear Lamar Jackson. He's the perfect teammate. He's he's one of the hardest workers. Everyone loves him. And then all of a sudden, when it's time for the contract to come up and there's an injury, oh, well, you know, the work ethic. He doesn't have the work ethic. Where were these rumors the last four years when he was perfect, right? It's That's always how I be, time. man. <laughs> it's always That's about the be. money. That's how I be, man. Like, and, and, and that's why, I, like, that's the part of the game that I don't like. Yeah. And I feel like I feel like he just gets blown out of proportion way too much. I feel like these GMs are way too egotistical. Like, and I just feel like it's just awful and you ruin relationships. You mess up the flow and the chemistry of the team, like all these different things. Because as players, this is what like as a player, you want to feel wanted. You want to feel like they want me here. Period. Like you don't want to feel like they want me here, but they don't value me enough to pay me what I'm deserved. If I'm the best quarterback in the league and I'm the up and coming future or whatever, why and and the and the going rate for quarterbacks is $35 million a year or whatever it is, why would you even offer me a deal for $30 million a year? Like yeah. why? That's that's not even negotiable. I'm statistically the best quarterback in the league. I'm physically proven as the best quarterback in the league. I'm physically proven in my prime. So I'm not 38. 
I'm 27. I'm in my prime and I'm the best. Like, why would you offer me $5 million less than what the, like, that right there is friction. Why are you trying to downplay me or say these bad things or put these these whatever's out there to justify why you don't want to off? Like, what are you doing that for? You either want me here or you don't. And if you want me here, this is what the numbers are. This is what it is. And everybody gets to talking about, oh, they should this. Or and, it, and I have to say this all the time. If you got a house and it's valued at $400,000, you're not selling it for two hundred and fifty dollars Period. You're just not. Why? Because the market says that I can get four hundred thousand for it. Well, I got five. I got two hundred fifty k cash for you right here. Nah, nah. So if the market says that I should be able to make twelve million dollars a year, now mind you, we don't make the market. That's just what they say that we'll value that. Hey, this is what the starting quarterback. This is the starting corner. This is a top wide receiver. This is a nickel. You're the best free safety in the NFL, and this is what you guys get paid. Okay, well, so if I'm not the best, and the best makes $15 million a year, if I'm not considered a top safety, then I would assume I'm probably not going to get $15 million a year. But if I'm in the top five, and everybody in the top five is making 15, 13 to 15, 12 and a half, I would expect my numbers to be right there with that. Don't offer me $9 million a year. The the the, the, the value for the top guy is 12 to 15 mil. So that's what I want. It's not that difficult, but these agents have to go back and forth with these GMs and these personnel people, and it just causes so much tension and friction because you make it like i said they make you feel like they don't really want you they don't really value you and you're really only good to them right now the minute that you show any signs of anything we're getting you out of here because we didn't really want to pay you anyway because the guys that they want to pay we've seen it they get the deal done quickly no questions asked. you don't even hear about the negotiations you just hear adam schefter comes up i think we're going to be having a deal in the next day or so and then two hours later you're seeing breaking news patrick mahomes signs for 10 years 540 some million dollars but you never heard about the, the negotiations you never heard about the bad part or they came to come to a turn no what they want to pay you they're gonna pay you. so for them to do that to lamar they didn't want to pay him yeah, but then you trade and get Rokon Smith and you give him a hundred million. Be stuff like that that cause friction <laughs> within the team. You got a quarterback that needs to get paid, and you trade and get a linebacker and give him a hundred million. And uh, kudos to Rokon Smith. You know, he he's got uh, you know, my guy Humble Lifeline Financial as his, you know, financial team, and they got that deal done and great for those guys congratulations but from just a team standpoint you got this quarterback that has a national saga for a contract and before the season's even over you extend Roquan Smith to 100 million dollars <laughs> like what are we doing 
Like, what does that look like? I can't give it to, I can't give Lamar, you know, this, but I could give this linebacker a hundred mil. Wow. I'm make him the highest paid linebacker in the history of the game, but we can't play the quarterback. Like I said, I'm not hating on real quick. I'm glad he got paid. I love defensive guys that get paid. I'm just talking from a team and what it looks like to Lamar and this, this, and that. It's just kind of like, yep. Nah. Yeah. And then you want him to go put a brace on? Nah. Yeah. There's, there's certain players, they're going to get the blank check. It's, hey, you tell us the number and we're going to pay you. With Roquan Smith, he admitted, yeah, you know, I probably could have got a couple extra million on the open market, but what's the difference between 100 million and 103 million when I can stay and not have to go through that? Whereas Lamar, he, he doesn't have that option. And now that the Ravens have signed Roquan Smith long term, people are starting to already say, well, now they can just use the franchise tag on Lamar Jackson. And it's another year where he can't negotiate. So it's going to be an interesting offseason. And one final note that I thought was super interesting on this was Reggie Bush came out and said, if Lamar plays on a brace and he plays poorly, don't think for a second they're not going to use that against him in negotiations because that's what they do. No question. They, Like I say, they do the most when they don't want to pay you, period. If they don't want to pay you, they're not. They're gonna use all this stuff against you. They're gonna make like they're gonna make you. They know you don't want to be on the franchise tag. Yeah, but that's what they're gonna do. And but then they're gonna expect you to go out there and be the happy, great team leader. And it's like, man, you guys don't even want to commit to me. Why am I committing to you guys? If y'all don't want to commit to me, just let me go and find somebody that wants to commit to me, and we can grow together. Because right now I'm wasting years of my career and I don't know how many years I got but I'm wasting these prime football years because and it's always the player that's expected to go out with all of this other stuff and just perform oh well you still just got to go and do this you got like nobody holds the GMs and those people accountable for that stuff like we're we're all men. We're not father, son, little kid. Like we're all men. So yes, I get it. This is my job. But there's a respect factor when we're talking about this profession. We're in this thing together. Me and you. So when we got a great relationship, it trickles down to everybody. When you don't have that, it just the vibe is just not there. Because if you don't take care of your, your top player, your, your players, everybody else know they probably ain't going to take care of us either. I mean, I mean, it was a going thing for the Patriots for a long time. They don't pay their players. We, you know that. You know that. Hey, you go to New England, you're not signing a $100 million deal. You just not. You're going to get an opportunity to win Super Bowl, but you ain't getting that big of a deal. Okay, so I'm going to take a little deal, go to New England, win a Super Bowl, and then I'm going to go on the open market and get some big money, but I'm probably not going to win a Super Bowl. You know that, right? That's fine. 
But if you don't know that and you're not sure your status and you see, well, if Lamar can't even get paid, how am I going to get paid? How in the wa- get paid? And Washington went through this with Kirk Cousins, right? And I know that they, they a lot of people question, well, sh- it's Kirk Cousins. He's not Lamar Jackson. Let's put that out there. But, you know, should they pay Kirk Cousins? Should they just keep franchise tag him? It's looking like, in hindsight, with all the quarterbacks they've had since Kirk Cousins, it looks like the commanders might have wanted to keep him around. Vikings probably glad they got him, even though they didn't win this weekend. But Kirk Cousins didn't give up whatever the points were to the Giants. Kirk Cousins played a fine game against the Giants, but quarterback is everything. And when you mishandle the quarterback position, it's it's going to be rough. Yeah, it is. You know, you can't, you're not going to win it without a quarterback. And, you know, it's just those things, man, that that people just can't get out their heads. And I don't think you, like you said, you look at a whole entire game. Nobody cares about the whole game. They're going to talk about Kirk Cousins. How do you throw the ball for three yards when it's fourth and eight at at the end of the game? Like, you got Justin Jefferson out there. I don't care if he got four guys on him. I'm not going to throw it three yards to a tight end that got his back turned to the sticks. Like, if he was moving forward, I may think about it because maybe he can break a tackle. And he got his back turned to the sticks. He has no momentum going forward. He's not breaking any tackles. I would have rather... Hey, I'm going to force it to Justin Jefferson. I don't care. You see Stafford do it for a lot of years with Calvin Johnson. Hey, bump it. I'm just going to throw it to Calvin. He either going to make a play or I'm going to go down throwing it to Calvin. I'm not going to get ridiculed because I threw it to whoever on fourth and eight, and I threw it for three yards to the tight end in the flats with his back turned on the sideline. You got to live with that for the whole offseason, Kirk. Like, that's awful. And that's what the fans are going to see. We got his whole season, Justin Jefferson, 2,000 yards almost, whatever. And he don't even get a pass hardly in the last, like, you can't, you can't, something, come on, man. Something. But then you run TJ Hawkinson on a three-yard route. Like, TJ, like, y'all got to freaking try to get more than three yards, man. And but that was the thing about the Vikings. What we say, they could go and beat anybody, or they can get put out first round, and they clearly got put out first round. And the thing that that it didn't drive me crazy because I was fine with the Vikings losing, obviously as a Lions fan. But I cannot believe when you are tied seven seven, you go and throw a trick pass play to Kirk Cousins eight yards away from the first down, five yards behind the line of scrimmage, and you think Kirk Cousins is going to pick up eight yards from where he's standing, five yards to back to the line of scrimmage. What? It's Kirk. He's not an yeah. athlete. He's not doing any of that. Like you say, he's not He's not that guy. And uh... If you want to do it to Mahomes or Josh Allen or someone who is – big and freaky and can move but that's not kirk cousins that's not kirk at all man yeah it's bad and they lost their game and they shouldn't have but they did and now they're going home 
And that's another thing that sucks because four weeks before the end of the season, I think the Lions smacked the Vikings. Yep. The Lions would have smacked the Giants. Like yep. the Lions in the NFC, the Lions would have been going into the playoffs. You would have probably had 49ers as playing the best going into the playoffs. You probably would have had the Eagles in the two spot only because Jalen Hurts played that last game and they won. And then you probably would have had the Lions because the Lions were playing better than the Cowboys at the end of the year. The Lions were playing better than the Giants at the end of the year. The Lions were playing better than the Vikings at the end of the year, better than the Buccaneers. The Lions would have been probably, like I said, based off of how they're playing at the end of the year, they would have been probably the third-ranked team in in the NFC, in my opinion. And it's disappointing. It really is. But there are things to look forward to next year. I think we can confidently say that the Lions should be that number one team in the North next year. And the Vikings, we'll see where they are. We'll see where the Packers are, the Bears. But it, as much as it hurts to watch these playoffs that the Lions should be in and should be dominating, there's still hope. Hope for what? <laughs> I'm just trying to be optimistic. It not hurts. This year. Next year's hope, yeah. but not this year. No. It's, it's, it's like like you said, it's, it's, it's tough to watch because, you know, and I've been, I've been in that same exact scenario. I remember my rookie year in the NFL, we was playing, I was playing for the Houston Texans, and we were five and seven with four games left to play. And Coach Kubiak said, hey, guys, this is what we're going to start doing. On Fridays, we're going to start having a walkthrough. It's going to be 100 plays on the offense on one side of the field, defense on the other side of the field, and we're going to walk through every scenario. We're going to go through first down, second down stuff. We're going to go through third down stuff. We're going to go through red zone. We're going to go through two men. We're going to go through our blitzes, and we're going to make sure that everybody knows exactly what they're doing, and we're going to be fresh. And we literally went and won the last four games of our season and finished nine and seven. And we end up not making the playoffs because we lost to the New York Jets opening day. Mm. And the Jets end up beating Cincinnati the last game of the season because it was Cincinnati against the Jets when Darrell Reeves and Ocho Cinco was kind of going back and forth. Cincinnati ended up beating or losing to the Jets in the last game and the Jets made the playoffs and then the Jets went on and beat Cincinnati again in the first round of the playoffs right but I think at that moment we were probably playing playoff caliber football yeah and we didn't get to get in and it sucked having to watch it so I'm sure that's how the Lions are feeling right now like they were playing very, 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 very high-level football, very confident, probably felt like they could beat almost anybody in the NFC playoffs. And unfortunately, they had to watch because they lost to Seattle early in the year. Tough. It is tough. It is very tough. And we've got 
four games this coming weekend, eight teams still left in the playoffs over in the AFC. It's Jaguars at Kansas city Bengals at bills. Then of course we've got Cowboys at 49ers, which we've been talking about. And then the giants at Eagles round three. And so Glover, I I do have to ask, I know it is hard because we want to be rooting for the lions right now, but are you de facto an Eagles fan for the rest of the playoffs rooting for your guy, Darius slay or, how does that work? Yeah, I mean, I like I I I, I like the Eagles and and going with my guy Slay, getting the opportunity to hopefully uh you know get in the Super Bowl and make it to a big time game. Um, I like you know C D Lamb. C D Lamb is right here from the area that I live in right now. He went to Foster High School. That's the that's the school that, you know, we go to our kids are zone. The Foster High School is literally right down the street from where I stay at. So it'd be cool to see him. I'm not a huge Cowboys fan, but it'd be cool to see them kind of make a run because they got some good players. I, I, I like some of those guys. Um, but, yeah, it'd be, you know, if, if we can get a Cowboys-Eagles-NFC uh, championship, I know my best friend won't like it because he's a big 49ers fan, but – um, that'd be solid. Be solid. Round three. And it makes it even more interesting because I know there's no Jalen Hurts in the second match, but Eagles win one, Cowboys win two. You get the rubber match for the NFC championship. Whew. That'd be dope. That'd be yeah. dope. I like that one. It's going to be a fun playoffs no matter what. We've got several weeks left before the Super Bowl. And uh, as painful as it is, just, you know, having to every once in a while scroll through. Uh, Lions update. Uh, Dan Campbell's on Monday Night Football talking to the Mannings. Uh, it sucks that those are the highlights as Lions fans, but we can still enjoy the rest of the playoffs, right? Oh, yeah, we can. And um, it's going to be a good it's going to be a good round of football. I think some good games this weekend. Should be should be a lot of fun. It should be. And Glover, before we get you out of here, any final thoughts, any parting words, any pluggables to plug? Um No, not really. Hey man. Support the league. Support the league. Get geared up. Get excited. Get your football squares, your boards, whatever it is you're doing, your bet online, your everything get it in get ready for another good weekend of football and every weekend is a good weekend of football even if the lions aren't playing we can still enjoy the sport that we love glover thank you so much as always for joining me it's truly a pleasure getting to talk to you even when the lions aren't playing still learn so much about the lions in the nfl in general if you want to continue to learn, make sure you subscribe to the Believe in Lions podcast. If you want to take that knowledge and put some action on it, use our friends over at betonline.ag. But until then, we will see you next time. Peace. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.